Once upon a time, in a faraway land, I woke up and realized I am going to be a dentist. <laughs> Said like no one ever. These are the real stories, not fairy tales. As we go behind the smiles, this is a podcast where we interview and chat with some of the biggest leaders in dentistry, learn their stories, and share their motivation with your host, Dr. Gina Dorfman. Today's podcast is brought to you by Yappy, an automated paperless software for dentists and their teams. Learn more at yappyapp.com. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Smiles. I am super excited today because I have two very special guests with me today, Missy Fryer and Mary Beth Bajornas. Welcome to the show, ladies. How are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's actually, it's raining today. So you, you can probably see my hair is wet. It's not because I just got out of the shower. I actually just walked from my car. So um, let's get started. I have so many questions for you, but I wanted to start by asking each one of you to kind of share your journey in dentistry. Let's start with you, Missy. Well, my journey in dentistry was completely unexpected and um you know, basically it started out of necessity. I had just graduated from high school. I really wanted to go to college. I didn't have any money to go to college. I was sort of on my own for that. Um, and I remember seeing an ad in the newspaper back then. And um, it said, you know, the three loveliest words I ever heard in my life, which was no experience necessary. I love it. <laughs> and I thought, all right, well, you know, this has to be more than what I'm getting now at, you know, at this other job. And um, so I applied and I, you know, I, I literally knew nothing and they were kind enough to me to, to hire me for the, this dental assistant position. Um, but, you know, that was back in 1997 and we didn't know a lot of the things that we know now. And, um, you know, I was really thrown into this job. My training was like 20 minutes before the first patient. You know, we didn't have YouTube. I mean, no one was even on the internet really back then. So, you know, I was sort of thrown in and we didn't have any good training tools or anything for me. And I was terrible. And I spent like the first year in the bathroom, like crying on my lunch breaks because I didn't know what I was doing. And I kept telling myself, just do it for a year, do it for a year, and then you can move on to something else. Well, that was 22 years later. I'm still there, like same office, same everything. So anyway, um, dentistry ended up being um, the unexpected career for me, but I fell in love with it. And I fell in love with what, um, you know, what my role has become. So when I first started in the practice, I was putting myself through college for education, for teaching. And I did that a little bit, even while I was working at the dental practice. Um, but then I, you know, I came back to the dental practice full time and my role there changed a little bit. And I decided to, you know, to use my teaching background as a way to better our staff and our team. You know, here we are 22 years later, and, you know, I'm just super proud of what our practice has become and, um, you know, what I have learned and then what at the point of my career now, and, and Mary Beth can attest to this too, is that we're both sort of at the point in our career where we want to give back and help educate the new generation. Um, and that, you know, I'm just proud to have been in the career in this industry for so long where I've been able to do that. You know, I started off and it was difficult and I didn't know what I was doing for a long time, but I stuck with it. I learned, I worked really hard and I, you know, I turned it into this, you know, this amazing career that I'm very grateful and, and blessed to have. 
I absolutely love this story. And I can relate because I walked into a dental office looking for a job in 1992. Uh, I didn't know anything. and But I wanted to work in a dental office to kind of test to see if I even want to be a dentist while I was in college. And uh, I remember the owner asking me, can you do this? I said, no. He said, can you do this? I said, no. He said, can you file? I'm like, I know the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah. okay, fine, you're hired. And and yes, it was tough because there's never, it's hard to learn on the job. Yeah. But, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I can completely relate. Having that experience and then ending up here today is, is, yeah. is, 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 is. But like, I'm happy with where I've, where I've gotten. But on the other hand, I'm almost like, I cringe when I think back to like what I was like or how I presented to the patients or how I fumbled through things or you know, how I just couldn't communicate to my coworker. I mean, I just think about what a disaster and like, I can't believe they didn't fire me, but I was, I always had like a good attitude and I showed up, I showed up every day. So I guess I had that going for me, but, um, you know, it was, um, it's been quite the, the, um, you know, it's been quite the journey, you know, for all these years. And I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that I am sitting right here, you know, in this position today, if, you know, if you would have asked me in 1997, I would have said, no, I'm going to go cry in the bathroom, then I'm going to go home and I'm never coming back. Well, you know, that didn't happen. So. Well, I'm glad you didn't quit. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, me, me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mary Beth, what about your journey? Tell me how you ended up here. Um, I ended up here. Um, I got out of banking to run a small practice in my hometown of Fremont, Ohio. And then my husband and I moved to Canton, Ohio. Um, I got another dental office job. Long story short, we had our youngest daughter um, three and a half months early. She was born at 24 weeks gestation. So shortly after she was born, we realized that I needed to quit working and her therapies became my full-time job. And, um, you know, during that time, it was like, what can I do from home? What can I do from home? And... I had met a dental coach, um, Dr. Ron Art, and he called me out of the blue and was like, I have a dental office. I, I think you could really help train them. And so it started out with phone training on the phone, and it morphed into me covering their phones on Fridays and scheduling their appointments. And that was back when Facebook was just becoming popular. So I just uh, had that idea and was like, how can I make this grow? And we are so blessed that my company now, Dental Support Specialties, we provide um, administrative support to dental practices across the United States. And we have 42 of the most incredible team members and it all happened out of necessity. So, Wow, you have quite a big team. Yes. That's that's. Amazing. So what are the kinds of things that you help offices with? What are the kind of problems that dentists call you with? Um, their pain is, uh, the, the biggest pain is probably they lost a team member, whether it was voluntary, somebody didn't show up or, you know, somebody got fired. Um, they need to keep their systems flowing to keep the production going, keep the collections going. And so we do everything from answering their phones and scheduling appointments to everything AR, everything insurance, basically anything an admin person does, we do. 
We just do it from Uniontown, Ohio. Excellent. And uh, Missy, you also have uh, a business, Next Step Dental Resources. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So one of the, one of the things that um, that was always important to me was to share our successes and failures with people. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a practice with my husband where I can test out a bunch of, you know, systems and things I can use our office as sort of our own beta testing, um, you know, for different things. So part of what I did with Next Step on a Resource was I like to combine um, all of those things and share them with people. So I like to, you know, I'd love to to write and share the things that we've done that have worked really well. Um, There's a couple of systems, um, one in particular that um, is uh, something that I developed that um, my Next Step company helps offices with, which is the new patient reservation system, which is a way to help um, to get your new patient attendance to near 100%. Um, I know that's such a big problem with offices. Um, you know, you invest all of this money in marketing to attract all, you know, to attract new people. You set aside the time, you do all of this, and then they no show on you, and that's just like a knife in the gut. Um, so um, next up on a resource is um, it's a place where I get to share and help offices who contact me and then also uh, teach the, the new patient reservation system too. I love this. And um, I, I, it's, I, I, what I love is that you kind of experience the same pain in your practices as, as uh, we all do. Yeah. And then you parlayed that experience into your amazing businesses. And now you have a joint venture. Yes. Tell me about that. Um, Missy and I um, became friends through social media. Like how long ago? I don't. It was like um, almost, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. 10 years ago. In a um, she and Kevin had used DSS to support their phones when they had some great marketing radio ads going long, long story short. Um, we just, Missy and I clicked. We always joke that we're like soul sisters because we, we have so many things in our lives that, that are parallel. But um, about two years ago, this time, wasn't it? This time of year, um, I am a huge planner person. I have a planner for everything in my life. I mean, my kids, my workouts, my work, I, everything. And one morning I was getting ready and I'm, you know, going through the mental drill in my head that every, we all do every morning. And I'm like, why isn't there a planner for dental practices? And the only person that I could ever imagine taking on such a task with was Missy. So I called her and I'm like, hey, girl, I got an idea. And it, we just, we worked our butts off and yes. made it come to life. So um, now we have Buckeye Dental Productions, and we have um, three fabulous survival guides. We're working on another one. I, I mean, we're we're just really blessed to be able to share the pain points that we've seen. I think Missy has such a great vantage point from being in the practice every day, running her practice with her husband. And then on the flip side, you know, we're, my company is in practices all over the United States every day. So I see things that work really, really well. And then I see things that maybe don't work so well. So we just took our combined knowledge and um, made it to, to really try to help the practices that we get contacted 
by all the time to just try to make it a little bit better. I love this. I, uh, years ago in my own practice, I created uh, books of SOPs, of standard operating procedures, because I realized I have a fairly large team, about, um, you know, 30 people now. And I realized that getting everyone on board and everyone trained would be impossible if I didn't have those standard procedures. But it took me seven years to put this together. And you guys here, you have, uh, let's see, I'm on your website right now. You have three guides. You have the, the survival guide 2019 front desk edition. You have the survival guide. I love this name beyond uh, split sucking and you have the marketing planner. How, how do you, find the time and the energy to put something like this together. That's massive work. (laughs) Well, first of all, you make a lot of sacrifices and you um, miss out on a few family events and you decide that you're not going to have a life for a long time um, to make it all happen. So when Mary Beth contacted me and said, we need to do some sort of planner, um, that's, that was the um, sort of the beginning of all the ideas. So for those people who don't know what we wanted to do. So Mary Beth and I have been doing this for a long time now, and we recognize that there are patterns and cycles to every day. There are things that have to be done every morning, every afternoon, at the end of the day, or every Monday, or, you know, every month, every quarter, whatever. And so from the years of of she and I being friends and, and, and talking about our lives and, you know, and all the things that we are always doing, that's sort of, how the survival guide, especially the front desk edition came about. She said, people, first of all, from her experiences working in all of these offices and from my experience in helping far fewer offices, but together we were both like, this is people aren't doing this. They're not doing this and they're not doing this. And not only are they not doing it, but they also like, if they are doing it, they're maybe not doing it at the right times or they're missing opportunity because they're not doing you know, they're not running quarterly reports to see who's overdue. They're not doing, they're not checking on their overdue claims, you know, weekly. There's all these things. So she said, let's, let's create something that tells people when to do these things. Well, you can't just tell them when to do it. You have to tell them what those things are. So the front desk survival guide, it's pretty big. It's almost 400 pages, but it is, um, it goes through all of the systems. Mary Beth's holding it up right there. That's how big it is. Oh, wow. (laughs) It goes through all of the systems, but then that's like the first half of the book or the first two thirds. And then after that, it goes through literally every day of the year and when Mm -hmm. those things have to be done. Um, So that way you can stay on track. And so it reminds you, those are when all those checklists are, you know, do this at this time or or whatever. Um, So it's just a way to keep everything organize. And again, Mary Beth and I are so similar that we appreciate that organization and we appreciate that it's all sort of laid out. And if I was new, when I was new, I wish I would have had something like that because I literally spent years like not, you know, there was, I was trying to keep my head above water every day. Um, and I was drowning every day when I first started, but to have some sort of, oh, here's what I should be focusing on or, you know, hey, everyone, you know, September's coming up. Let's try to do some things now here in July to avoid it. I mean, that would have been great to know. Um, our challenge with writing the survival guides was that we recognize that there isn't a one size fits all for every office. We totally get that. And also the the teacher in me said, well, I don't want to just give someone a book and expect them to read it and expect to get results. 
we made everything into like a workbook format. So um, for example, I'm just going to pull up, I have the beyond spit sucking here. So for example, there'll be a section that, you know, with questions and then there's a place for someone, hopefully your trainee to fill out those answers. But the, the, the way it's written, it can apply to every single office in the country. Um, it's a lot of, here's the concept. Now let's break it down and find out how this applies to your particular practice. So you need some involvement from some other team members, some more experienced team members or the doctor. But the idea is for them to get a true education, not only about how to work on, in a dental team, but how to work in that particular office. So Mary Beth's um, experience is that she's got, you know, a hundred different offices that she's working in and they're all different. They have different, you know, they each have, you know, uh, specific things that they want done or how they do things. Well, so does every practice. And there cannot be one training material that is going to give you all of those answers that everyone can use. But what they can do is say, Hey, here's the general concept how does this work in this practice? And it can give someone not only the the tools that they need to get through the day, but it can make them just better for that particular practice. I absolutely love this. This is something that is badly needed. I am I spend a lot of time, too much time on Facebook uh, and and on Dental Town, and and this is you know I can see there is definitely a gap in this type of information and. I cannot tell you how many times I've been asked to share my SOPs, which are very specific to my office. Yes. And, and I always tell them, you need to create your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I love about your guide is that it's interactive. And I know you have lots of support videos on the website. And, and I think this is, this is a great material because what I, and we work with a lot of dental offices, uh, through my software company. And, um, and I've also had a lot of experience myself working at the front office in several practices. And, you know, when you work at the front, um, it's like you have to be this giant octopus with a big head and eight arms just to get to everything. And what happens a lot of times is that you just have enough time to do the work in front of you. Mm -hmm. And so unless you have this kind of a plan or some sort of a system that tells you what to do when, a lot of the things are not getting done. And a typical dental practice will have a past due recall list that's like a mile long. Um, insurance claims are not getting paid. Balances are not being collected because that's not the work that's staring them in the face. Yes, right. And I think a lot of times, too, it's just that they don't know. They're thrown into a position. There is no one that's helping them to get through it. And sometimes the doctors... Um, wrongingly assume that because they hire someone for the job, they know all that, that they know what to do in that job. And Mary Beth and I both see people being hired and then they don't know what's going on. And then they aren't receiving adequate training. They become frustrated. Then the doctor becomes frustrated because they're like, why isn't she doing this or this? But this person doesn't know they're supposed to do this. So like people are just thrown in. There's not like adequate offsite training for a couple of days or some roadmap for what they need to know. Um, and, and that's, you know, I'm always going to go back to the teacher in me says, you've got to dial it way back and you've got to have a strong foundation. If you have the strong foundation, then from there you can build, but you can't expect an amazing team 
to just happen. You have to give them a strong foundation and then build on those skills. And that takes time and you have to put forth the effort. And then, you know, if people leave or they get pregnant or they move or they quit or they get fired or whatever, you have to do it again for the next person. You have to keep trying. But if you want your practice to be performing at a certain level, you have to keep giving your employees all of the tools possible to reach that level. You cannot just throw them in, cross your fingers, and hope that they turn your practice into something amazing. It doesn't work that way. No dentist I know is, is amazing without training, right? Everyone that I know who is great has gone through training and right. continual education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mary Beth and I talk a lot about people who work in dental teams and who on dental teams and, and are opposed to um, learning more or opposed to going to CE or watching webinars or whatever. But I think, come on, if the doctor's supposed to, then everyone should be. And in our practice, that's the expectation. You know, when I'm interviewing someone, I say, we're always learning. We're always doing more. Look, here's our list of things we're working on. That's just the expectation. And I think a lot of offices are missing that. They just hire someone, throw them in, and then wonder why they're just spinning their wheels. But it has to be the education for your team has to be a major component of your business, whether it's in-office education, whether you take them to CE, whether you sit them down and have them listen to podcasts as a group and discuss afterwards. We do that all the time. Whether you have, um, you know, whether you're in the practice and you take some time and you practice taking photos or, you know, doing office tours. I don't care whatever it is. Twice a week, we have these meetings with our team. And a lot of, sometimes it's repetitive. Sometimes it's, you know, maybe doesn't apply to everyone, but I don't care. Our our environment is that we're always going to keep working and learning new things and working together and making ourselves better. Cause at the end of the day, we're not better for our patients than we failed, you know? And at the end of the day, it's just all about doing our best for the patients. I love what you just said. Every single dentist. I want, I want everyone to listen to this podcast to hear this message because we just don't spend enough time on training our teams. And you have, we don't spend enough time on training ourselves on leadership either. We take right. a lot of clinical courses, right? We, you know, and there's no shortage of that, but we don't invest in leadership training. We don't invest into team training enough. We hire an experienced person and expect that she's just going to walk in and do everything correctly. Mm-hmm. And as Mary Beth would say, you know, how do you know what kind of experience she had? Every practice is different. Mm-hmm. And I've hired experienced people that worked somewhere for 10, 15, 20 years, and they were awful. They, mm-hmm. were, they did not know what they were doing at all. They couldn't post any OB. Yeah. And I, right? And I've, uh, and I've also seen practices hire an inexperienced person put her down next to Debbie and expect that she's just going to learn by osmosis or something. Right. And, and, you know, we're always busy and there's never enough time. Nobody blocks out time for training or almost nobody. And in my practice, we have the same expectation. We're continuously training. And uh, everyone asks me, how come you have such an amazing team? How do you hire great people? And I think I have, um, develop the system for hiring people better, but it's also about developing them, making yes. them better, yes. helping them grow. Yes. So I absolutely love what you just said. And I, I love what you're uh, doing with your guides. So let me ask you a question. If someone were to purchase your guides, how, how would they be using it on daily basis and training? Take me through the process. 
Um, so it depends on which, which book they're purchasing. Um, cause you can use them in a couple different ways. If it's the, the, the front desk manual there. So like we said before, there's a lot of systems in the front of it. And I think it depends on, um, are you using it on a brand new employee? Are you integrating it in with more experienced people? You know, I think that that kind of thing depends a little bit, but here's what we also have included in the, in the guides is once you do go through a section, there's a place where it can be initialed off by a manager. So that way you can, you can, um, you can account for their work. So for example, we have, if we have someone new at the front desk on our team, I am going, I'm not just going to hand this to them and say, here you go, because that's silly. I'm going to say to them, here's what we're going to be using as part of your training. We're going to go through sections of this together. Um, and what I like to do is I usually pick out a handful of sections a week. I just kind of mark it with a, like a post-it and um, we'll go through those um, together. I actually, let me pause on that. First, what I do is I take them off site for about two days and we go through some things that we can do off site, things that don't require software, more of like communication skills or um, education about the practice. We do that off site. Then when we come back to the office, I will mark those um, sections and they will do a couple of those sections a week for me. Now, it is the expectation in our practice that they complete that and that a manager has um, signed off on each of those sections by their first review. Um, and then also it's expected that they use the daily planner portion. They check off when they do those checklists during the day. We can communicate that way with notes or if there's things that they need to work on or do, they don't want to forget, they can jot it down there. I don't enjoy 50 post-it notes everywhere. I don't like you know, forgetting that things have to get done. So we mark those down. And then what they do is at the end of the day, they bring the survival guides to me and then I'll go through and see what they've done. We'll talk about it. We'll review things. And then um, usually when I get there in the morning, if there's any notes, any, you know, messages or anything, you know, projects I want them working on, I'll jot notes in there, share that with them in the morning and hand that back to them. Because what I hate is, all of the, you know, I forgot, or you never told me or whatever, but when it's written down right in front of them, you know, that makes it a lot easier. Um, the assistant guide is, is similar in that um, we will go through certain sections off site. And then what we'll do is we'll build a lot of their communication skills first, and then we'll work on the very, um, uh, not so much procedural stuff just yet. We'll go through sort of all of the other things like giving an office tour, or, you know, how does, you know, what is the technology in this office? So kind of go through an office education. But then what I really like to do with the assistants in particular is I like to find people in the practice employees who are especially good at certain things. Like there's a section in there about taking digital photos. So I will, um, when I'm choosing what assignments I want them to work on for the week, I will assign those certain sections to certain people who are especially good at them. That way we're spreading out their training. So it doesn't all fall on my shoulders or on another assistant's shoulders. We're spreading it all out. Yeah, because I just think that, you know, when it is difficult to have someone new in and to train them on the job and all of that. And then when it becomes one person's responsibility, it becomes very stressful, a little bit of a drain on them, but you can spread those things out. Um, the most important thing I have to say is the follow through with the assignments and to make the deliberate time to check in with them, you know, at the end of the day and say, what have you worked on today? Where are we at? What can we assign for next week or tomorrow? However you want to do it. Um, but that's important. Again, you don't just give it to them and then walk away. You 
you give it to them with clear directions. You take the time to sit down and review things with them. You assign certain sections to people to help them with. And then you have a short meeting with them and you sit down and say, you know, what have you gone over? Um, you know, did you get this done? Where are you at? Do you have any questions? And you may, you keep that communication open for them. Don't go anywhere. Part two is coming up next. <laughs> 